Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today we're returning to the horror genre as I'm joined by Kelly Hogaboom to discuss Cathoga in 1997's The Relic. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. Well, if we're talking about the relic, does that make me Tom Sizemore and you Penelope Ann Miller then? I will gladly accept Penelope Ann Miller because I love her. So, absolutely. Whatever happened to Penelope Ann Miller? Because she was quite big in the 90s. but Definitely. Um, uh, yeah. She, I think of her as very mid-90s. Uh, she was in uh, Carlito's Way. She was in The Shadow, mm. which is another film I, I unabashedly love from, 19, I think, 1994, 1993. She was in Chaplin. She was in a lot of stuff in the mid-90s. Um, and I, I know she's still working. I just feel like I haven't seen her in a hot minute um, in anything. Hmm. Mm. Uh, unlike Ty, uh, Tom Sizemore, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Tom Sizemore. I think, I think Tom Sizemore works fine as a supporting actor, but this film, I don't know. I, I, I think you know, I, I, I don't think he carries it. Do you? No. And the, what a, it's such a strange film because some of the characters are written very well, um, and his character, they tried to give him some personality with with his whole. Uh, custody battle over his dog and his superstition, which was very <laughs> poorly done. But he doesn't have the charisma. Um, I think I read that they were considering Harrison Ford for this film. That would have been a really different film. And I, I'm not a huge Harrison Ford fan, but I think he ha- at least he does have charisma. And Tom Sizemore, he's he's best off playing creeps. Uh, yes. I don't think, and he I think he is kind of a creep in real life. But um, yeah, he he just couldn't quite. Uh, and at the end of the film, he, he gets kind of uh, knocked out, and, and she's the one that saves the day with a, with a chemical bomb and all this stuff. So it's a very odd film as far as his role goes, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you say creep, I say bully. You know, in, in, in everything I, uh, every film I've seen him in, he's just like this bully type, yeah. isn't he? You know? Or a psychopath. I, I've seen him in some creepy <laughs> stuff. And uh, I know he had some personal, some real intense like drug problem. I know he's had some struggles, but he definitely wasn't hitting the right note as a, as a leading man. Um, but of course, you and I are more interested in the monster, and we, we more than get what we want in regards well, to the monster. Well, that's why we're here. Yes. That's why we're here. We're here, we're here for Cathoga, aren't we, rather than yeah. Tom? Yeah. All right. Well, well, let's crack on. Somebody want to tell me what in God's name that was? I think it's the Cathoga. John Whitney must have found it somewhere, somehow, and sent it back to the museum. But for God's sake, why wouldn't he give us warning? How big were those crates that John Whitney sent back? Not very big. And how the hell does something like that fit inside one of them? In those crates that Whitney sent back, the artifact was packed in a leaf specimen that carried a parasitic fungus. 
The fungus was loaded with hormones, animal hormones, that are produced in the thalmoid region of the human brain. You mean the hypothalamus. I know this is crazy, but, but maybe this animal started out as something else. A, a chameleon, a lizard, or maybe even a dog. It ate those leaves and it changed into whatever it is now. We start off with, you know, this, uh, this village in, uh, in the Brazilian rainforests. And every time I watch this film, you know, I, I think very much of Predator because there's something about the music, you know, the cinematography, the lighting. Everything is very Predator to me. Yeah, I could see that. It's like, I think I saw someone saying it's a, it's a combo of Alien and Jurassic Park. And I don't see Alien at all in this film. No. Um, and it's much darker, like not only um, in tone, but literally darker. It's a dark film. It's a grubby kind of film. Um, and, but it does have that action element to it, like Predator. So I totally see what you're talking about there. Mm, yeah, well, dark is is something we're going to talk about later on, all right? But right now, we've got these, you know, these village scenes, and we've got this tribe that worships this Cathoga, um, and um, all their rituals that they're doing, they're being photographed by this guy called John Whitney, this American mm. guy, uh, who is... Um, you, you know, forced or, or made to, you know, eat these leaves that have got this fungi on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the same time being scared by someone dressed as their god, this Cathogo. Um, and this film, um, I, I, I enjoy the film. I, th- I think it's a good, funny, you know, lightweight B-movie. I mean, if you took this film and you took the script and you took it back to the 50s, you could make this film with the 50s special effects and it wouldn't change, would it? You know, you would have a man in a suit, but this would work in a 50s B-movie, don't you think? Uh, Yeah, I do. I think it's got a really simple um, setup. You know, you've got kind of a hostage. You know, the monster is in this uh, facility where everyone's locked in for at least a few hours. Um, it's a really simple setup. There are some holes in the writing, I have to say. Um, but I honestly, I, I've watched it like four times since it came out. And I like it more every time I watch it because they are so sparing with the monster. Um, the monster is so great. I don't know. And I really do like Penelope Ann Miller in this. I like her performance and I just like her. And so, uh, but it's a very simple, uh, straightforward. There's a monster ripping people's heads off. And you're all mm. locked in with it. That's the story, right? Yeah, that's the story. But if you watch it for the first time, I, I, I think a failing of this film is when you watch it for the first time, you, it's not conveyed what's going on because you see this guy in the village. He's given this leaf with a fungus on it. The next time you see him, he's frantic at the dockside because he wants the crates that are, he thinks are aboard the ship to be taken off. The guy says no, so he stows away. He finds what he thinks is the crate. It's not the crate, and, you know, he's upset by that. And then we find out that the crate is still on the dock, and it's going back a different way. Mm. Now, that's not fully explained until the very, very end of the film. When you watch it a second time, it's like, oh, I know what's happening. He wants the fungi that's on the leaves. He's gone on the ship. He's going to transform 
but he hasn't got the leaves because they've gone by air to the Chicago Museum. And I think that's a bit of a fault with the film is that's not explained too well. You, you have to watch it a second time to actually understand what's going on, don't you think? Yeah, I was thinking about this last night because I rewatched it for the podcast. And I, I, I have to say, I no longer have memory of what it was like the first time I watched it. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I really did watch it in 1997. Um, so I don't remember if, if that was confusing. I do remember not being like they, they finally reveal at the end that he is the monster. Right. Um, mm. But at the end of the film. But when you're watching it, yes, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't understand why there's something in the museum and what its relationship is to the leaves because they're kind of studying the leaves and they're, they're, um, there's a lot of scenes of that gal who's like preparing the relic. She's like uh, etching off the dirt on the relic. And yes. those, those scenes led nowhere. They were just weirdly interjected like four <laughs> times in the film. So there, there's some pacing. I have to say the monster also pops up here and there. This museum is huge, and the monster's here. Then it's in the tunnels. Then it's up above the skylight. Like, it just keeps popping up, like, randomly. And that was, to me, that's the biggest failing, is the monster was almost like teleporting around the museum. Yeah, we've got to come into that. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, this, this ship that he sees, uh, you, you know, or he's on, goes. And six weeks later, it's found drifting in Lake Michigan. Um, and they go aboard, and there's lots of blood. They can't find the bodies. Old Tom's in charge, Vincent Augusta. Um, and as you say, his characterization is limited to uh, he lost custody of his dog, and he's superstitious. Yeah, and he's kind of, mm. he's like, he, you know, he is a very competent cop. He's like just your standard boilerplate cop, right, Chicago cop. Um, but he's got no personality, and... Um, it's just weird because like there's two beat cops in it that are given a little bit of humor and they're kind of given a relationship, even these two other cops. And they were written in a more charismatic way, I felt, than our lead. It's just a strange performance from Sizemore, I feel like. And it's weird that one of them dies. You but know, two the, of them, the, the, the... they both die. Oh, no, they both die, don't they? Yes. Yeah. yeah, which was very, they were very unceremoniously killed I because I kind of thought they'd survive because usually comic relief cops survive especially yeah. i don't know so yeah this the film's weird it makes weird choices it is very weird yeah so yeah i mean they find lots of blood they find no bodies until they find the bilge when they go down into the bilge that's where they find all the severed heads mm. and the bodies floating around um and then we cut to this uh museum in chicago and this is where we find you know penelope ann miller's Margot, and also the brilliant linda hunt Mm-hmm. Who, who plays Anne Cuthbert. Um, and we find out from them that this John Whitney's boxes have arrived by air. They've come by plane. Um, and uh, in one crate, you've got a Cathoga statue and you've got all these leaves, which they don't understand. They think it's packing material, right. don't they? The leaves right. are just packing material. Yeah. And we get introduced to the curator, who's this very sweet older uh, gentleman um, in a wheelchair, and he also brings some humor and warmth to the film. He's a very enthusiastic old man, and he's got the crates. And you know, Penelope Ann Miller, her her character arc is that she's trying to get a grant, and this other sort of sleazy scientist is competing with her. And again, this oh. this doesn't really lead anywhere. It's very this whole grant thing. It's kind of her her character trait. 
But um, yes, they're kind of dig rummaging around in these crates. And I have to laugh because she handles those leaves with her bare hands the entire <laughs> film. And I don't think she would have done that in her field of science. But also, especially when you, she started to understand that there was some danger associated with the chemicals and the, and the leaves, she just keeps grabbing them. And so I do think I remember worrying that she was going to get infected by the, yeah. you know, but no, that's, that's just poor screenwriting. Just put some gloves on. I mean, this... <laughs> this is a running motif through this whole film. I mean, you know, they find out or, or they suspect there's a, a, a murderer in the museum somewhere, but they're going to go ahead with the gala evening, mm. you know? Mm. All right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they've got the crates um, and um, we're going to get our first bit of suspense, which is this... Uh, the first attack on the uh, the security guard who's smoking a joint in the toilet. I told I told my I watched this with my oldest and I said, you know, smoking pot in movies used to be a big deal. And so I said, you yeah. don't bat an eye. It's probably on Sesame Street now. But it was, you know, that was that scene was like, oh, he's so naughty. He's lighting up in the bathroom, right? That is telegraphing something, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So he's there. He's having his joint. And we've got this wheezing, haven't we, yeah. outside the cubicle? Yeah. Yes. The we, the monster wheezes the whole film. It's very odd, but yes. And then he gets spooked, and I think that he gets grabbed, right? Because his feet are on the ground on the stall, and he gets yanked. And when people get pulled under a bathroom stall in horror movies, they never try to fight. They just kind of go, ah! <laughs> they don't grab. Like I just feel like you would instinctively <laughs> grab. He just goes, yoink, and he's gone, right? He's gone, yes, yeah. And um, and then straight after that, we got these two children. We got these two kids who have been locked into the museum overnight. Right. And uh, they hear the wheezing as well, don't they? Right. They get spooked. That something's following them down the stairs. Um, they they don't ever show the discovery of the body because the kids. It looks like you you think maybe the kids get attacked, but they don't. It it does a cut to. Cops arriving at the at the Chicago Museum. Tom Sizemore's like, talk to me, people. And that's where they found the security guard. And I think it's implied that the children found the security guard's body, but you yeah. never see that. No, you just see them on the stairwell, don't you? They don't actually see, you know, the guard's body in the toilet. Right. Uh, which is missing its head. Yeah. Um, Get, we start getting into some really great special effects. I liked the head. I liked the brain. The brain is just kind of hanging out a few feet away. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, special effects. This is all the Stan Winston studio, yes. isn't it? Yes. So, of course, it's quality. No one's going to turn around and go, oh, that's, that don't look too yeah. good. Um, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also find out that Whitney's office was trashed. Um, yes. And... And, and they decide this statue, this statue that's uh, in one of the crates, um, this Kathoga is a chimera, is a mixture of other animals from mythology. Right. And that's where uh, she, you know, it's revealed that she is, she doesn't, she's not just not superstitious. She hates people who are superstitious. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I, she's like. the chances. Eh? Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right, so uh, the guard is all topped it, all topsied. Oh, can't say it. Autopsied, and uh, his head has been opened up, and the brain has its hypothalamus and pituitary glands missing. 
Um, because that's what the Cathoga is after, isn't it? Yes. As so many monsters in our B-movie history have been after the pituitary gland. They're after some little part of the brain, right? Yes. We've seen yeah. that in many films. Yeah. And Margot, at the same time, she, she checks the leaves and she finds out that these blobs, this fungi, is full of hormones. Yes. Animal um, hormones. Yes. Yes. Um, now, this film, I mean, I enjoy the film if I turn my brain off, but there's so many things in this film where it's like, that doesn't make sense. That's stupid. I mean, and we've got one here where Margot, you know, she finishes for the day. She's going to go home. Everyone's gone home and she decides she's going to go through this new exhibit that's going to be, um, right. you know, opened up and she decides to check it out. Which seemed out um, of character. It seems very out of character when you think that they're, or they all assume the killer is still still there somewhere in the building, but it's night time and she decides she's going to wander around this new exhibit. Well, and I didn't even think the killer being in the building made any sense. Uh, why would you assume that? Why would you assume the killer is in the building? That is so weird. And we're not talking about a building. We're talking about a labyrinthian, huge, huge, huge museum. Yeah, true. It's just weird. Like, it happens to be true that, yes, the killer is in the building and it's a monster or whatever. But it's just a weird assumption. I mean, if, if you see a body, you don't think that the killer is hanging out in that same building. You would not think that, right? Yeah. Well, well, I suppose you could explain it by at this point they don't know that there are tunnels outside, you know, that lead to outside. And if all the outside doors are locked, they must assume that the person is still inside. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, we have this silly scene where she goes around the exhibit. She hears the wheezing, doesn't she? And she goes off and hides in the toilet. Um, and we get that cheap gag with the uh, cleaner with her inhaler. Yes, right. So, and then it just cuts. Yeah. There's so many scenes that just cut. It's like, oh, that it was a fake scare. Boom. Yeah. There's even a cat. Yep. There's a cat scare earlier on the ship too. But you know, yes. one of those yes. classics. <laughs> yes, there are a lot of B movie tropes in this film, right? Yeah. They are going totally by the book, aren't they? <laughs> yes. They really are. Yeah. So yeah, we do. We cut to the next day because it's going to be this premiere of this, you know, opening of this new exhibit. Um, um, and meanwhile, the police somehow are still checking it out the police haven't said no you're not going ahead with it um and um you know they're going around searching for it and this is the very first time we actually see some of the cathoga we see bits of it don't we we see like mm. its paws uh, we, we we see some of its shadows. Yeah, it and runs that's up about the, it. the stairs. Very very um, pretty well done, but very dark. You you see it unfurl and run up the stairs, and we're at least fifty minutes into the film at this point. Like the monster isn't revealed till super late. Yeah, and uh, of course this is only what one hour forty. So yeah, you're holding it off for quite a while. I mean, it's building up. I mean, Margot, she does a bit of DNA research and, and finds out, you know, it's a mixture of, um, you know, reptile and beetle. I have to say, um, I bet I bet DNA, sci DNA scientists are just cringing at, like, oh, it's it, like it's part beetle, it's part gecko, right? <laughs> like, man, yes. it, it's yeah. good enough for me, right? Yeah, yeah. This little subplot that's going on, you know, about the finance and getting funding and stuff. I do like this Lee character, you know, mm -hmm. this creep 
who is after the money because he is just so unpleasant. I mean, that's what he's there for. And he conveys it very well, don't you think? Yeah, he's he has done well. They they don't really go anywhere with that arc uh, as the as they're and you know Tom Sizemore's kind of in the in the museum in the guts of the museum looking around. The cops murder a homeless man. <laughs> that scene is the weirdest. <laughs> they shoot him. The cop shoots him like I like eight times in the chest. So. And then the mayor is like, you have to put the gala on. So the gala is trickling in, and Penelope Ann Miller is trying to solve the mystery. And um, the other scientist is in his, you know, tux, and he's starting to schmooze with the two benefactors, right? So so then now you've got all these uh, black tie guests, like, filing into the museum while... Tom Sizemore and Penelope Ann Miller are trying to solve the mystery in the guts of the museum, right? It's a good, it's yeah, a cool that, setup. It is a cool setup. Yeah, yeah, that down below, and they find out that you know uh, the tunnel leads to Lake Michigan, yeah. and that's obviously where this you know the culprit has come in from, and that's when we have those sequence with the dogs running off. Yeah, Castor and Pollux, um, the dogs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One is immediately ripped apart. Yeah. Um, followed by the dog handler. Um, but we still got no sign of our, you know, subject mm-hmm. for today, right. of Kothoga. We still don't see it. Um, Vincent finds this bunch of dead bodies all, all like, piled up. You know, you've got, like, a, a graveyard of dead bodies. Um, obviously, Kothoga is there, but doesn't attack Vincent, oh, you know, which doesn't seem to make much sense. Sorry, I, I just muted you. Um you just said uh, Kathoga is there with the bodies? Yeah, no, Vincent finds this body, uh, this pile of dead bodies, like, a, you, you know, of the, all, all the corpses with their heads severed yeah. and that. So, obviously, Kathoga is there nearby, but doesn't attack Vincent. Well, th- that's, what I, that's my biggest problem with the movie, is the monster's inconsistency. Like, where is it? Where is it headed? What's its plan? And yeah, he stumbles on this grisly, you know, some of the bodies are skeletal, some, it's gross, right? And now he's freaked out, he sent his uh, second in charge cop to run with a giant shotgun, run into the middle of the gala <laughs> and say, everybody needs to get out. Um, the, I, there's a cool scene there with the second dog, I don't remember if it's Castor or Pollux, where the you see the monster's shadow as it rises up and you see the dog, mm-hmm. the dog, I don't think the dog gets killed. I think it runs off. Yeah, it doesn't get killed, but it like lowers its head and submission. There's, that was a cool scene. The dog, it shows the dog's yeah. fear of the creature. Um, that was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Well, um, Vincent's lieutenant goes off and he tells, you know, everyone in the uh, exhibit, come on, we've got to get out. And for no reason whatsoever, this headless body falls down right. onto an exhibit. Right. I don't know how. I don't know why or how this is happening, um, but uh, everything shuts down. Everyone tries to uh, leave. We've got panic. Everything shuts down. The sprinklers go on uh. for some reason. I don't know why. Um, yeah. Um, and th- then we've got this scene with the security guards. Uh, you've got two guards who are, you know, overseeing the security of the place. One goes off to find out what's going on, you know, to reset the fuses and stuff, comes back. The other guy is still sat at the table in front of the monitors, but his head's come off. (laughs) 
but it doesn't come off until the guy touches him. <laughs> the monster's like carefully setting up this like scenario where okay, he's gonna touch him and then the head will go flop. Yeah, it's pretty corny. Yeah, it, it's all a bit corny. Yeah, that's the word for this film. It is corny, isn't it? It's fun, but it's corny, well, this, isn't this is it? This is the part probably the most like Jurassic Park. It, th- this part was a lot like it, right? Because the 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 computer security guard control guys are trying to keep the park or the museum from shutting down. You've got the victims trapped out there. So they're kind of scrambling. Yes, they both get killed. Um, so, and it's in that red, the lighting, there was a lot of strobe and a lot of dark lighting, a lot of red lighting. So again, you're still really wanting to see the monster and you kind of haven't seen it yet, right? Well, it's coming up because at that point, you know, they've got to go through the tunnels to get out. You know, got the, you've got the Blaisdales, this, you, you know, the benefactors of the, of the museum. They're there and this creep Lee. They've all got to get out of the way. And it's at the one hour, I timed it, at the one hour 16 mark, we finally see the Cathoga. Although, even though we see it, it's only a bit of it because it's running down a corridor. But slowly, bit by bit, we're starting to see our character, yeah. aren't we? I think the first shot is the legs. You see it like from behind a exhibit and you see its legs and you see its body walking. Very well done, in my opinion. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So, meanwhile, you've got the Doctor and Margot trying to figure all this out. You know, and Margot reckons it's a lizard or a dog that ate the fungus and mutated. I mean, we find out later she's totally wrong about this. Um, but they speculate that this tribe in the Brazilian rainforests create this, um, you know, chimera to defeat their enemies then stop feeding it the fungus so the hormone, uh, it can't get the hormone and it will die. So it creates one of these creatures every time the tribe is in trouble. Yeah, so the, I, this, I didn't get this, but I pieced it together. So yeah, the, the tribe gr- basically grows a monster, stops feeding it and, and goes into hiding and sets the creature on the enemies and the creature runs around ripping everyone's hypothalamus out. And then I yes. guess the tri- I don't know what the tribe does at that point because but anyway that's the that's the setup right yeah and meanwhile at the same time yeah you've got Lee you know this creep he gets it one of the cops gets it at that time as well because it's picking them off one by mm-hmm. one um, now when I watched this I mean this film you know I enjoyed watching it at the cinema and I think I I, I taped it off TV or something I've never owned it on DVD when you because this is one of your suggestions isn't it that we do this subject yeah Um, so that was a good excuse to go out and get the uh, blu-ray so I sat down with the blu-ray and I watched it with uh, my cat right called Harvey Okay. okay, my cat's called Harvey, and he sat on the uh, sofa with me, and we're watching the film, and every time there was an animal noise, you know, his ears would prick up, and when you had the dogs down in the tunnels, his ears were really turning, but this moment when Lee dies, when he's, like, looking around, and there's a mirror, mm-hmm. okay, and he's looking in the mirror, and then suddenly you see the Cathoga's face through the mirror... It just so happened that Harvey at that moment was had turned his head round and he was watching the TV. <laughs> and uh, I swear this is true. When the Cathoga's face appeared, 
that was it. He was off. He was out. <laughs> He's like, that's, yeah. He legged it. He happened to be seeing. He legged it. My, that's yep. weird because our cat, Herbert Pocket, she was watching this with me and she was very edgy. Like she didn't jump, but she her ears were up and she was really looking at the screen. So there must be something quite recognizable for cats uh, in this film as far as the monster There's, goes. On some sort of animal level, yes, something is working. <laughs> but for Harvey, my little cat, you know, to see that big... I th- it must be the teeth. It must be the eyes. Yes. It must be something. He took one look at it and it's like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he left. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um, we cut back to Margot. Margot still uh, uh, is, you, you know, checking things. And she realizes this creature is still changing. It's mutating all the time. Um, and... I, I think this is what I liked in the cinema. I like this sequence at the end where you've got the uh, helicopters overhead above the skylight and you've got the Cathoga down in the uh, the area below, yeah. right? And, and, and it's being lit. I'm, we see bit by bit, we see bits of its face and it's all, you, you know, being lit by the spotlights from the helicopters, isn't yes. it? Yes, cool, cool um, setup for sure. Yeah, it's a cool setup, and we have the the first guy. He abseils down, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's like a snack. They start dangling these SWAT team snacks, and the monster just takes out the first guy. Just jumps through the air and gets straight them, away. Cool. Yes, <laughs> and right, it's hardcore tackle. Right, I mean this this monster feels feels the, about uh, hypothalamus the way I feel about like tacos. <laughs> like it's like. It is hungry. It is not full. So it gets the first guy. Then the second guy, I think, does he fall or does he no, get all he the way falls. to the... No, he falls. I think he clearly... presses the release yeah. and he falls, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. And the monster comes up behind him. The monster has kind of an ungainly run. The run isn't great, but it, it this is probably the weakest special effects shot of the film because it comes up behind the guy, picks him up, and snaps his head off. And that that scene was not well, great. Um and so then the well, it's '97, and this is CGI, okay. Yes. And if you're talking '90s yeah. CGI, it's not going to be good, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It Pretty it is rough. rough. Yeah. yeah, it's it, it's yeah. And then the third guy is like, okay, I I don't want to go down there, and please pull me back yeah. up, right? So that that's like, and he gets uh, pulled up, but he's snap, he's eaten yeah. in half, which a, yeah. a classic, right? We we love that in these kind of movies, and, right? So they fed they fed two and a half they SWAT did. guys they did. to the monster. And of course, you know, now we're starting to see more of our, you know, subject. And but it's still very darkly lit, right? And I can remember, you know, I I, I really enjoyed this film. You know, I I, I really like the design of the Cathoga. Um and a, a little aside here, um I've got a model kit of the Cathoga, okay, which came out, you know, um, shortly after the film. Are you still there, Kelly? Sorry, I heard a beep, yeah. and then you went quiet. Oh, no, it's just All my right. computer. No, okay. no, I'm just listening. Yeah, a model kit came out shortly after, you know, this film came out. And, um, you know, I'm big fan of the film, big fan of the monster, big monster fan. So, you know, um, I had to have it. Um uh, but the problem was, and this is the problem with the film, is that they decided for publicity and everything, they're not going to show the monster, okay? They're not going to publicize it. They take, I, I, I think they took the cue from, um, um, you know, Jurassic Park, not to, um, you know, show too much. 
and leave it for the audience to find out for themselves. And I remember this model kit that I got, um, lovely model, but the only photos I could find were in like Starlog or Fangoria, and they were very, very dark. There were no reference photos. So I made this model and I built it and I painted it, assuming that was roughly right, and uh, it was completely wrong. It's only now with the advent of um, you know, the internet and, you know, Stan Winston, Winston's uh, website and everything, I can see my colours were completely wrong. I've just sent you a photo on Messenger. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, yours is very brown. Uh, it looks good. It's very good brown. And um, Kathoga is not brown. If you go on the Stan Winston site, he's not brown. He's all like tans and greens. So that's the one on my wall yeah, in my gorgeous. den. Okay. Um, totally inaccurate. But there you go. Maybe he's, you know, a little bit of a chameleon. He can change. You know, so we, we've talked about this before with models, where sometimes the model is better, especially with like Paul yeah. Blaisdell creatures and stuff. The, by the time some, some loving model is created, someone lovingly creates the model, it's better than the monster in the film, right? But this is a case where that is not true. When you look at photos, and yeah, Stan Winston has a really great blog about the making of the monster from 2017. I, I, I'm sure yes, you will be posting it to the um, Facebook page. But uh, that thing looks, it looks excellent by today's standards. It is just so beautifully created. It looks absolutely fantastic. And your model looks well, good it, to you, Eric. That's all right, but that's from like, you know, 98 or something like that. But as I say, you're costing right. me money because you said do the relic, so I had to buy the Blu-ray. There is a much better kit right by pegasus oh. which i've just bought okay um which is far more accurate and much better pose and i'm going to be doing more accurately all right so i'll send you pictures when i've done that all right okay that's the um oh it's not that expensive that's the 90 21 to 112 yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. creature kit yeah 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 no, it's very cool design. And can I can I um, read the description from Stan Winston of what for people Go who haven't then. seen it? It says the final design had a spider-like head and a 15-foot long body. It was an amalgam of a lion, an alligator, a horse, detailed with reptilian scales and tufts of hair down the spine. And despite that, like that might sound like a mess, but it is great. Like one of my favorite. It is fabulous, designs. and my only regret for the film is that you don't see it more because, you know, they even at this moment where, you know, the guard is saying, pull me up, pull me up, and it climbs up the wall, which is that model I, uh, that I've got. Um, you, right, you know, right. that's why it's in that pose. So you can, that's why I've got it attached to my wall. Um, it, it's so dimly shot, you can't see it. I mean, it's a fantastic design, you know, beautifully executed by the Stan Winston Studios, but you don't see much, do you? No, and um, you, you never really get a close-up look, actually, uh, like, ever. I mean, there's a few good, uh, you know, mandible shots. You see some teeth. Um, yeah, but you kind of are piecing it together in your mind as you're watching the movie. Yeah. I mean, also at that moment, you know, that's when Margot realizes, oh, hang on, the DNA is saying it's part human. They're slowly pu putting it all together. Um, at the same time, Tom Sizemore, I think, is doing his best, you know, Bruce Willis impersonation, you know, um, <laughs> wants to lure it with the leaves. 
and uh, and and Margot reckons that they can freeze it. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, what do you think of this moment? I, I I always find this quite baffling, where you've got the Doctor in the wheelchair and Ripley. Oh, sorry, Margot. Um, she changes out of her work clothes into a cocktail dress, right? And and takes her shoes off. For some reason, she's got immaculate makeup all of a sudden as well. And it's like, really? Really? Yeah, right. Well, they've excused that because she, of course, got dressed up for the gala, which she never she goes never to. Goes to um, it. But she's in her, she's in her cute... Man, her 90s style in this is just impeccable. But she, she's in her cute little black dress. Um, she's got her hair up. She looks great. Uh, I, I was thinking about that high heel scene because it's like, would it be better to, to have heels on or better to have no foot protection, mm. right? Like, that's a hard call to make, I have to say. But yes, that scene was kind of cool because that's right after they discover the doctor's been murdered. And she, like, kind of composes herself, takes the shoes off, and she says, let's go. Pretty cool scene. Like, again, I think she was a better rendered character than Oh, more else than Tom. Film. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With her, you, you know, heels off equals game on, doesn't it? You know? Yeah. Right. Um, right. And meanwhile, down in the tunnel, it, it's almost become Jaws, hasn't it? You know, it's picking them off one by one. Um, but after about two, it just goes away. Yeah. Why does it go away? That was such a weird... I don't know. Because, like, later in the film, they show it's so single... It's singleness of purpose stalking her. Like, I got to have that hypothalamus snack. But it had a whole, uh, like you say, a whole group of people. It could yep. have just gotten them one after the other. Um, and, again, it like, right after that scene in the tunnels, it pops up in the main museum place again next to Margot. it just is like why is it moving around so erratically it's it is odd. very odd i mean yeah it does pop up and it watches Margot while Margot puts this lucky bullet that vince has got down her bra um yeah and they right. try you know shooting and freezing it but it runs away um meanwhile the others find their way out they get out into that plaza don't they um yeah the second cop this is where the second cop yes. gets killed he just gets sucked under and his head gets popped off and yep, that's it and for gone. him. This is so weird. Yeah, the two yeah. people we like, apart from Margot, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Vincent orders Margot to lock herself into her laboratory. That's just the, the moment when the DNA match comes in and she finds out that it's Whitney. Um, and uh, just as she realises it's Whitney, that's when he comes in through the skylight, you know, Cathogo. Yeah. Yeah. Busting. So Tom Sizemore is trying to keep her safe by locking her out of the tunnels. Um, and he succeeds in locking himself away. Like he can't help her. So she's in sort of the main part of the museum. The monster's chasing her. She goes up to the lab and starts throwing. Uh, I didn't understand this at first, but now I do. She's throwing flammable chemicals on the floor. Um, and then she makes a chemical bomb, which I was quite impressed with because <laughs> she's under duress and there are literally hundreds yep. of chemicals and she just goes to one and she makes a makeshift bomb and uh, kind of lures the creature close to her. Then it licks her, which I don't even remember that from the first time I watched it. I'm like, did they add that or what? But it has, that's the CGI tongue, which was not great. Or maybe it's not CGI. I don't know what it is, but it's animated. It always way. reminds me of Alien 3. You know, when you've got Ripley and the, um, you, yeah. you, you know, the alien coming in, showing her a tongue. Um, yeah. 
But uh, but she goes down the lift. That's when the lift uh, arrives, and she chucks the Molotov or whatever, right. whatever it is at it, and uh, she goes down in the lift. I mean, considering this is 97, um, and from now on in, we're all CGI now with the, you know, on-fire Cathoga, mm. I don't think it's too bad. I think the effects um, oh, are, no, are pretty great. good now. Yeah, I think it still holds up pretty good. There's only a few moments. The, the So now the thing's on fire and it comes down the stairs and chases her. And she jumps in that, de, what is that, a demar? Uh, I can't remember the word for it, but it's basically a tank where they cook <laughs> dead yeah. animals to get their, that was disgusting. I'm like, I think I just let myself get eaten rather than jump in that tank. Like, there's a dead rhinoceros yeah, true, in that tank. True, oh. But But when it's <laughs> running towards her, did you think of, um, a subject we've discussed before um, in Forbidden Planet when you have the the id monster where it's all like you, oh, yeah you know, I always think of that where you've got like an outline of the Cathoga with all these yeah. blotches over it it's very um, id monster from Forbidden Planet to me it is yeah it, it, it is it is it, like it's like uh the the flames are around the void of the of the creature yeah i could totally see that yeah that's you know it's a little distracting because it's clearly not real um but it's still pretty cool it, it's a good effect it's a good effect you know? and yeah she's in this container and um you know the fireball is coming um she has a line of you go to hell um you go to hell. I was like, really? Like, that's, I don't know. But she didn't have time to come up with, with a snappier line because she was making a chemical bomb. Again, another stuff. film that that reminds me of is uh, McCready in The Thing with, uh, yeah, and fuck you too, <laughs> just before he, he, right, he chucks right. it. Yes. And uh, that's it. I mean, The Thing is blasted to pieces. and But I always expect a bit more. Um, yeah, they should have taken two and a half more minutes they should have shown the the surviving dog. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because the one dog survived. <laughs> He's been talking about his dog the whole movie. They should have shown Tom Sizemore grab the dog. They should have had a conversation with where she goes up to the Blaisdells and says, um, "I'm so and so, and I want you to finance my project." It's so weird. They did not take two minutes to wrap it up a little bit. It was that that is odd well they just got tired they're exhausted maybe 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 so but i've got a bit of information on behind the scenes she could not have that com conversation with the blaisdales all right okay and i'll explain why all right so oh, okay. all right. Let, let's move into behind the scenes now you know quite a bit about this film kelly so uh, I, I i'm sorry if i uh, uh tell you things you already know about but our listener maybe doesn't all right so, um, yeah, I mean, this film is based on a book, okay? And the book takes place in the New York Museum of Natural History, okay? Which absolutely, 100%, flat out turned down them being allowed to film there. Because in okay. the book and in the film, it's not that the, the management of the museum isn't exactly shown in a flattering light, is it? No. That's right. Yeah. So they said no. Um, so Paramount came back and said, well, we'll, we'll up the money um, if you want. And they're like, no, nope, we're not going to do that. And also, you know, if we release a film set here where you've got a monster, maybe we won't have children 
wanting to come here. Okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But having said that, the Field Museum of Natural History in Chicago loved it, and they said, "Yeah, all right, <laughs> we'll do it here." Yes. Um, now in this book, the monster, this creature, is not the Kathoga; it's the Mbwan. Okay. Okay. Spell M B W U N. But uh, apparently, because they thought people wouldn't be able to pronounce it properly, this Mbwan, uh, it was changed to Kathoga. And Kathoga in the book is the name of the tribe that worships the Mbwan. Okay, so they did gotcha. a little bit of a switch. Yes. Um, and in the book also, the description of what the Kathoga or Mbwan looks like um, is a bit vague. So the person who actually designed uh the the monster we see is uh, Mark Crash McCreary, and he came up with a lot of sketches. And um, as you say, Peter Hyams, the director, he chose his favourite one, and uh, he wanted a bit more arachnid sort of aspect to the face. Um, so they came up with this idea of this, yeah, as you said, a mix of a lion, you know, an alligator, a horse. Um, uh, spider at the front you know um <laughs> but the actual pre-production on making this film was very very short it was only five months they had five yeah. months to make three uh suits and a radio controlled head um now what i always uh, think funny about this film is you know if you look at alien or many other things everyone's like oh we can't have it just be a man in a suit and you would think, you know, that the, uh, the, the creature in this film is quadruped, so it can't be a man in a suit. But it was. They actually yeah. they took a body cast of uh, Vince Hammond, who would be inside the suit, and uh, from that body cast, they built up this, uh, this full-size Kathoga from that in foam latex. Um, they actually made two hero suits and a stunt suit, um, they used yak hair um, to put into his, you know, head and shoulders and back. Uh, the fangs and mandibles were cast separately in foam and then cast in resin. And, uh, yeah, you had a full animatronic system for its head. Um, you know, the eyes and the neck and whatever, you know. So... Um it's quite astonishing. Like when I saw this film in 97, I think I assumed the whole thing was CG because I couldn't see how a man could, could be in that suit. And basically a man kind of couldn't be in that suit. And it was terrible for the actors. There were two stunt actors and uh, crash McCreary said he, he later felt bad because he, I think he said, um, Oh, he said he hadn't thought of the, the person in the suit when he designed it. I don't know. So yeah. uh, that said, they, they did their best. But if you look at photos, the, the position that the stunt actor has to be in, it's it looks agonizing to be in that position at all, let alone try to like move around. Like the amount of core strength you would need to be able to be, you've got like stilts on your arms, yep. you've got your knees. Like this is a pose we do in yoga and you can't do it for very long and you certainly can't do it wearing a monster suit. It looks agonizing. It did. And they had harnesses to actually hold the people up Help while they the were tummy. Up, uh, yeah, exactly. operating it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they trained. They trained for three months um, with a animal behavior 
Say it right, Eric. Animal behaviorist. Okay, John Alex Alexander to learn how to execute basic moves while inside mm. the suit. Yeah. But all the times when you see it running and you see it jumping, of course, that's not him in the suit. That's CGI. Right. And as I say, um, you know, it, it holds up really well. I think it does because uh, there were lots of times where I couldn't quite tell when it was CGI and when it was practical. Like I, I had to kind of peer at it. And that's a pretty good sign. Uh, we've certainly seen films that were, I remember we watched with the Clash of the Titans with Medusa and it was just like, mm. okay, that's a CGI creep. Like there's no part of you that thinks that's not CGI. So this is a much older film. And, you know, again, the, the, the use of darkness and the use of the, the quote rain, you know, the sprinkler system that kind of helps with us, the believability Jurassic park quite famously used rain. In other words, you know, to like, make them the you know dinosaur easier yeah. to animate but um it's pretty good i think especially for the time yeah and much like jurassic park um we all think oh t-rex oh it's fantastic but its actual screen time is very small um mm -hmm. the kathoga here has about four minutes of screen time you know um in that whole 100 and what 45 minutes only about four is of the actual creature itself Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. He's not in there too much. Um, again, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't really know what he looked like until I went and looked it up, right? Yeah. Looked up pictures, yeah. right? Yeah. And the Blaisdells, all right, the last time we see them in the film, you know, they're screaming and they're embracing each other, okay? But in the original cut, you see them running along and they're partially eaten by those oh. um, bone-stripping beetles which are mentioned oh. earlier in the film i think that's why they're mentioned earlier in the film oh yeah these beetles can strip you know anything down oh. to the bone that's what happens to them and then later on margot while she's running away from the kathoga comes across their skeletons so i think that was the setup earlier in the film to show these bone you, you, you know the meat eating beetles is that's what happened to the blaisdells that's pretty funny because I mean, obviously, those beetles only eat corpses, not uh, animated, like living, breathing. Uh, that would have, that would, that, it's good they cut that out. That, that counts yeah. for the Blaisdells, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that's it. That's all I've got on behind the scenes, all right? Well, um, I do, I'm, I'm looking forward to you posting it on the page because the, the photos really tell a story. I have to laugh because there's one photo where they've got six people working on the, um, <laughs> the creature and they name all the men in the photo and they don't name the theme, the woman. <laughs> like, that's nice. So, oh, but um, right. whoever she was, she's, she's carving away, she's sculpting, but she didn't get a name mentioned. I'll try but and really, find her. Yeah, there you go. Really good photos. Really, like, I have so much respect for the stunt performers. And, oh, that reminds me. Did you see that there is a um, a documentary that came out called Men in Suits? And it's talking about the stunt actors who are in these suits. Uh, no. Oh, it looks great. You'll love it. The DVD is really expensive. It's like 50 bucks to get the DVD. But I watched a snippet of it. And uh, it was it was like a two-minute long um 
snippet from the Stan Winston site, and it was so cool. And of course, many recognizable monsters. They talked about a one of the Godzilla guys in the suit. They blew up something underneath him, and it burned his groin. And he just kept um, <laughs> he just kept acting. So I, I really think you would like this documentary. At, at the least, you'd like the two minute uh, part that I saw. All right, I've um, got and to there's track a face down. Yeah, and there's a Facebook page, Men in Suits, and it's all about those those actors doing those kinds of roles and uh, really cool stuff. I was uh, thrilled to find it. All right, I'll track that down. All right, okay. All right, well, before we go, I mean, you know, Kathoga, um, oh, right. how do you rate him out of I, 10? I, I'm going to give him like a 9. I think the only liability is that he was hard to see in the film, but that's not his fault. Yep. I will echo you totally, but I only gave him an eight, so that's eight and a half, all right? All right. I think that's fine. I mean, I think that's really good. This is a a really good example of, you know, quite early CGI actually holding up in 2021, don't you think? I I definitely do, and if if you like creature features, you have to check this one out. Um, but if you're not that into monster films, don't bother because besides the monster, it's in in the mid '90s um, ethos. It, there's not a lot going on. It's a pretty corny film, but I loved it. It's right up yeah. my alley. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Kelly, for uh, thank um, you um, suggesting this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been really good to go back to it. So yeah, thank you very much. And I've got a new modeling challenge when the uh, yes. kit arrives. Um, I look I'll, forward to. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep you updated. All right. All right. Thanks, Eric. All right. Cheers, then, Kelly. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye.